This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. I'm so excited to have Tanya Pecoraro today. Tanya is the wife of Tony Pecoraro, defensive coordinator for the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Thank you so much for being a part of us. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to talk to you. Now, Coach Pack has spent most of his career as a defensive coordinator in D1, almost a decade in that role, finishing seasons with top 15 in total defenses. I love these numbers. All-Americans, 13 all-conference players, been a part of the Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and many others, very well-respected in the industry. Now, that's what sports writers like to look up and talk about. What do you think makes Coach Peck special? Well, I just really appreciate the fact that he is a non-drama, super positive, and sticks to the true game of football coach. He doesn't get involved with like insignificant office dramas or just gets distracted. He wants to know what we need to do to get better. He doesn't want to hear, I can't, or I, I don't want to. He wants to know what can you do and how can we improve and how can we build these young men to just be better participants on and off the field. Now walk me through your road to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Before Tony and I met, he started at Florida State as a student assistant for two years. And then he went to Weber International um, as a graduate assistant and a D-line coach and recruiting coordinator after his first year of being a GA, he moved up. Um, And that's where he earned his MBA. And then he came back to Florida State as a quality control. And then that's when we met um, because I was doing my master's there. And so we were at Florida State as a quality control for three years, went to University of North Alabama, a D2 program. He was a DC there for two years. We went to Concord, um, a small division two school in West Virginia. And he was the special teams coordinator just for a spring funny, funny story coming soon. (laughs) And then we went to Alcorn uh, and we were there for four years. He was a DC there. And then we went to Southern Miss with that head coach, Coach Hobson, and he was a DC there for two years. Then we went to FAU. He was a DC there for a year. And then last season we were at KU with Coach Miles as the senior defensive analyst for a year. And then now God brought us back to Southern Miss and he's now the DC again. To the top in Southern Mississippi. Yes, Yes, you're back. Wow. How many moves total? That's pretty impressive. Oh my gosh. Well, I, we've been together dating included for about 12 years. And I think that we've moved, gosh, probably like eight times. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it's our son is in kindergarten and this is literally his third kindergarten. It's crazy. (laughs) Now, where did you grow up and did you ever think that you would be a defensive coordinator's wife in college football? I absolutely did not think I would be. Um, I was really not into football at all. I grew up in Miami, Florida. 
Um, my family was born in Cuba. So me and my cousins were first generation and uh, grew up in Miami. I went to a small private school from kindergarten to 12th grade, the same school. We graduated in like a class of 50. I mean, all of our families knew each other. So it was kind of growing up in a bigger city it was so interesting but I lived in like this little bubble of this private school and then I knew I wanted to go away to school um, but I didn't really have a lot of extra money or a lot of scholarships so Florida State was the furthest public university that I could get out of Miami from and afford (laughs) and so I went to Florida State not knowing a single person I didn't even visit the campus I accepted to go to school there and become a seminal and it was honestly the best thing I could have ever done it made me grow up really fast Um, but I'm so thankful that my parents allowed me that crazy idea to just go away to school not knowing anybody wow I could totally see how you'd fit in and be able to make it happen anywhere you go you have that type of personality incorporating everybody that you're around I have to know though how did you meet Tony? I wish it was like a love of hurt sight story, but it is not. <laughs> so we had, we had friends who were uh, dating each other and they brought both of us on um, as like a blind date with them. And we went out to dinner and uh, 100% we were not into each other. <laughs> we literally left and we went to dinner and then we went to like a club after and we went our separate ways. We're like, we could not get away from each other quick enough. Um, I probably was too spicy for him. He was a little quieter. So it's like, we just did not mesh well. And um, a few months later, I got a job at the sports information office at Florida State. Um, They offered me a graduate assistant position and it was going to pay for my master's. So I decided to stay at Florida State. Um, And we ran into each other in the athletic department because he was at that point his second stop at Florida State as the QC. And he saw me in the building. So it was about four months after like our awful blind date. And he pursued me again. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. It did not work out the first time. I have no time for this. And he consistently asked me out for like a month. Every time he would see me in the building, he was like, please just give me an, you know, an opportunity. I'll take you out to dinner. You'll have fun. And I was just like not having that. And then after a month, <laughs> he ghosted me. And he did not have time for me anymore, in which case I then had time for him. Right, <laughs> of course. To, yes, of course. And I was like, well, where is he? Where are my text messages? Where are my phone calls? And um, I had designed my social media guide uh, for one of the sports that I was you know, representing. And I took it to him. And when I took it to him, he was in the office with, he was a defensive coach, Odell Higgins. He's currently still at Florida State. So when I took up my media guide, coach Hagen saw him and he goes man that girl really you know she likes you she came up here to give you the media guide and he was like no you have no idea coach I have tried to pursue her she has no time for me I'm like done and he actually encouraged Tony he goes I think that I mean she came all the way up here I think that you need to give her a shot just ask her out one more time so Tony then proceeded to you know ask me out one more time that day and I finally was like fine yes I'll go to dinner with you and ever since then, we've been together. <laughs> so I he am really hard watch. for me. <laughs> he did. That's excellent. Oh my goodness. He did. <laughs> I can't believe I don't know this story. This is awesome. Okay, so 
now you have two amazing children. Yes. So they're very spicy. So Rocky is our little boy and he is six and he's in kindergarten and Izzy is our little girl and she just turned three. And uh, so I'm Cuban and Tony's family is Italian. So our kids, we call them Cubalian. And so they are extra spicy. Yes, high energy. <laughs> they are awesome. They are hilarious. Okay, so college coaching questions for you now. A big part of college football is recruiting. Do you follow recruiting at all? Do you track it? Do you enjoy that aspect of this job? I do follow recruiting. I really do enjoy it. And I actually have a new appreciation for it since we had our kids because our kids love to be part of athletics. And I just kind of envision what I see someone recruiting them to be one day and what I would want to see that. So because having them, I now want to make sure that every recruit, every family member, whether it's a parent or extended family knows that I am very involved, especially with the defensive side. We, um, we have our players over consistently. We have them over for holidays. Um, so when it comes to recruiting, I'm, I am involved. I go to the dinners. I go to like when they show the stadium around and I bring the kids with me. And then there's obviously events that I don't bring the kids with me. Um, I've talked to parents, you know, either on the phone or, you know, when they come in person. Um, one really cool thing is Tony's territory of recruiting has always been, for the most part, South Florida. And me being from there, I have been able to be a part of that a lot. Um, and so that's been kind of cool. And there's times even where he's recruiting a player um, that might not necessarily be on defense, but, you know, he is recruiting a player that, let's say, comes from a Spanish family. And then I get the opportunity to talk to that family because I can connect with them and let them know I'm Spanish, you know, I'm not living in Florida, but I know what it's like to be part of that culture and I will help them in any way I can. Wow. So it's, I definitely am very involved with recruiting. Wow. That is so unique. I love that. I think you're right because I remember it didn't really click for me totally just for me. And that's probably not like that for everyone, but for me, it was like when I had my children and you start thinking, what would I want, you know, when my children go off to college and be a part of, if they were to be able to be a part of athletics, you know, what would I value? And it changed like the way I looked at things and we'd always reached out to him, done some things, but it was, it took it to a whole nother level. And I'm sitting there at like drop off day crying with the moms and my kids like two. You know? <laughs> but, 100%. Yeah. And it's just kind of interesting that some universities really miss the opportunity of really having a lot of the families involved because I just know, for example, if somebody were to recruit Izzy or Rocky for a sport and I go to that, you know, to the university and I don't see a family environment and I don't see kids around and I don't, I, that's a red flag specifically for me, just because I know that there is more to that sport. Are they going to be taken care of? If they have any questions, if they have any issues off the field, you know, I just want to know there's a support system. And in most cases, wives and families influence the coach. And so it is a team effort. And I just know that I want that reciprocated one day if our kids get recruited to play a sport. A lot of fun for the kids as well as fun bowl games. What has been some of the most fun games you've been part of in your coaching experience? I think that the, the most fun that we have had at a bowl game, and it was because of our 
unexpected success was at Alcorn. We actually went to the Celebration Bowl, which is the first ever. Um, and I just think that at Alcorn going into our time there, it was just kind of crazy and chaotic and unexpected. And the fact that we were so successful there and then we were making it to the first, first ever bowl game there, that was just really exciting. And we had Rocky, so Rocky was able to be a part of it. We had family come in. We went to a bunch of events that the, the bowl game actually put on. They took care of us very well. Um, so I think that would be the one. We've been to a few other bowl games, but specifically for our professional career, that celebration bowl was just awesome. Now this uh, profession, as you know very well, has very high highs, like you're describing, and very low lows. Um, has there been, you think, some tough adversity that you have faced, and what did you rely on to get through those moments? I mean, there's definitely been a lot of tough moments in our 12 years together. I Specifically for me, the hardest adversity, and I would say probably for Tony as well, is we got an opportunity um, a few years ago to coach back home, which in our time together, we had never been even close to family. Um, and the fact that I got to be near my family, um, my grandfather, kind of right before he got a call about a possible opportunity there, we had found out that my grandfather got diagnosed with dementia. Mm -hmm. And I remember kind of visiting him and just worrying like what am I going to do we're living so far away I'm going to have to just quit working and come here every few months and just I don't want him to forget me and it was just kind of a lot of emotions mm. and literally like three weeks later Tony gets a call that we have an opportunity to coach like in our in my home city mm. and I'm like oh my gosh this is from God this is right. totally God watching out for us it's like amazing my family was like in shock. Like it was just very unexpected how everything happened. And so there was like a big plan that we had. I was going to be home. I was going to be a part of taking care of him. And it just did not work out the way that we wanted it to. And I think that getting let go from a job is very difficult, but getting let go from a job in a city that you have family in that they don't really understand the sport throws in a whole nother level, mm. you know, cause then my family was like, well, you just got here. Well, what do you mean you're leaving? And are you going to be okay? And what happens? And is he applying for more jobs? And it's just, I don't really know how to answer it. I'm kind of in shock. I'm trying to calm them down. I'm trying to be there for my husband and keep our kids, you know, stable and dealing with my emotions. Cause now I'm not going to be there to help my grandfather through like this whole process. So that was very difficult. Um, for both of us. And it was also hard to his ego as well. Yeah. You know, we had like this oh, big yeah. plan of what was going to happen and it literally went the complete opposite way. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we 100% relied on each other. You know, mm -hmm. um, I didn't kind of, I didn't allow ourselves to feel the same way at the same time. Meaning if Tony was having a bad day, I like literally was like tough and like kept things moving. And then if I was having a bad day, Tony stood up and kept the family moving. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't let each other feel, you know, the same at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we also relied on our faith because I think we realized that it was more about where God wants us and less about where we think we should be, mm. um, which is kind of crazy. You know, yeah. like you just like kind of envision how you are, everything's going to happen and you're working towards this. And then God's like, that's funny. I'm going to move you over here. 
(laughs) And I never really thought about it until that happened. And I was like, okay, God, I'm letting go. Just tell me where you want me to go so I can serve and Tony can serve and we can figure it out and just please help my kids adjust well. And thank God we always have. You know, we've always been okay and we've met amazing people, but I think it just made us kind of let go and say, just put us wherever you want. (laughs) Yes, because in your head, you have it mapped out, you know, like this would make sense. You try to almost play God in your head. You're like, it would make sense for me to be around my family to serve in this capacity. And then when that's just stripped away, you're like, well, God, what are you doing? You know, I think that's the hard thing to go. I trust you. I can't see what you're doing. That's the hard piece of this. Like, I I can't see your hand behind the scenes planning our steps, you know? I want it this way now. I mean, we've we've been there. How do you think that experience has changed you? I've kind of let go a little bit. I'm a huge planner, and, you know, I, I organize everything, and I have a plan, and I think I need things in a certain way for me to function. And I think going through that and it went the complete opposite direction that I envisioned and we envisioned it to be, I feel like I've let go more and said, okay, I may not understand it. And sometimes I am a little angry of how things happen, but 100% I know it's going to be part of our journey and we are going to not only survive, but thrive in where you put us and just tell me where to go. Mm. And letting go is kind of hard, specifically Mm. for me, because I feel like there's so little that I can control that I just try to do everything I can to organize and plan. And that made me just loosen up a little bit more, like just let go, let go and let God. Mm. And that's hard. It is hard. Very, very hard. Okay. Another tough question for you. Back to back. You've been the backbone of a highly successful coach. And I feel like I say this every week, but I come here to kind of learn things. And I, uh, confession here, I know Tanya this past year. So I've already learned some things from you. But to share with others, what do you think you've done that's had a contribution to the success of his career and your lives as a family? So I think the number one thing is I manage everything off the field. Tony is an amazing coach and I'm like his soldier. So I wait for him to tell me what he needs for me to make it successful in football. And then when he's off the football field, it's a reverse. And so I'm the coach at home and he's a great soldier and he will like come home and say, just, where do you want me? Where, where are you putting me in now? <laughs> and I'll <laughs> say, go to the bath or go grab dinner or do dishes or, you know, and so we, we're very good soldiers for each other when we need to be. And we've actually made that work very well. We're a team 100%. So like, we keep each other in the know, um, whether it has to do with kids or our families or anything. We just stay very connected, even if it's like a quick text, just so when he comes home, he already kind of has an idea of what's going on and what he's kind of facing when he walks in through the door. You know, I definitely am, am involved. You know, I go to see him and or I go to away games or I I am a part of that just as much as he's a part of the house life. I'm also a part of it with the kids in football life. You do. You definitely are all in. All in as a wife. I love all it. In. All in. Dropping <laughs> off coffee, making sure he's got lunch. I love it. 100%. Yes. It's uh, I call us uh, Team Pecoraro all the time because it's like, it, we have to just be there for each other just as much as I'm there and me and the kids are sacrificing for him to be successful. He also 
has to sacrifice things too. And he has to 100% be a part of us. And when he is able to help or able to leave at a decent time, early eight, nine o'clock at night, you know, he is very good about coming straight home and just saying, what do I need to do? Tell me whether it's fold the laundry or clean or do like, he's a great soldier. I cannot complain about him because he'll just come in and say, just tell me what you want. I can't believe he has any work left because you're so organized in every single thing. I am. Yes, you are. Okay, like if you were to go in Tanya's closet right now or her pantry, <laughs> it's like all in individual boxes and there are these containers and it's probably labeled. Is it labeled? It's not labeled, but I have them separated per like snack and like this is a row of like cheese and like goldfish and cheeses and then the next row is like sugar and it's <laughs> I am. I'm very organized. It just makes me function well. <laughs> this is so out of order, but when you take your kids to a game, you have the backpack. What is in your backpack? Oh my gosh. So I know everywhere that we have gone, even before I had kids, I am like the snack queen. Okay. So when I pack a backpack for a game, I make sure that I have enough snacks for everybody around me because I know that there's going to be some child that's going to look at my kids with snacks and say, Oh my gosh, I want that. <laughs> that would and be sometimes my kids, <laughs> Yes. Sometimes my kids share and sometimes they're like, I don't want to share and it's okay. I am going to have enough. So I have literally chips and candy. I need bribery candy for these kids to sit through these games. Okay. So I have candy, but I just try to space it out a little as much as I can. Um, I just have crackers and cookies and anything. And then I have like a little first aid kit too. So if anybody like falls down and scrapes their knee, don't worry. <laughs> I totally it. have CVS in my book bag too. <laughs> she has total CVS in there and games like, I do. like Pokemon. There's for all ages. 100%. You know? <laughs> yes. Like in my backpack, I literally have toys and snacks and like a pharmacy. And I sometimes push the limit when they're checking my backpack. And yeah. I'm like, you don't understand. I am trying to save the coaches' lives. Promise me, this is going to be empty by the time I leave this game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even for Landry, there was a game in there where Landry's off to the side and you're just feeding your straight cookies. Like, hey, look, you know, what? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am because she's seeing all the kids eat and I was like Landry don't worry I have my fourth bag of goldfish in here for you girl here you go <laughs> I know and you're so organized because your cars are always organized you have snacks and organization going on in trips got to the point where my son would say I want Rocky's mom pick me up from school <laughs> I know I literally I am just a snack person so I just feel like I've passed that on to everybody in our life when you are a part of our life, you know that your kids will be fed at all times. And literally, like, that is something big in the Cuban culture is that we feed. Like, I grew up with a grandmother that I would go to her house and I would be, and she would say, what do you want to eat? And I would be like, oh, no, I just ate. She's like, okay, I make you something. Like, she literally <laughs> would, like, not even give me an option. And I do that to everybody now. Like, everybody who walks in the door is like, hey, how are you? Are you hungry? Go to the pantry and grab something. I, like, I don't even let them answer the question. So it's from my Cuban background, 100%. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So toughest part about being a coach's wife, what would you say? I would say for me specifically, being the primary parent is really tough. I, you know, a lot of times, you know, people say I'm a single parent and I, I don't consider myself a single parent because we do have, you know, Tony's income coming in, but I do consider myself the primary parent. And that sometimes is really tough. You know, because it's 
every doctor's appointment, any little thing that happens at school, when there's a crisis in the family, whether it's my family or his family, when he needs something and he's like, hey, I need you to do this. And I'm like in the middle of an appointment, I'm like, sure, I'll add it to the list of things to do. (laughs) And then on the way, our daughter throws up in the car and now I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's just really, for me specifically, being the primary parent, it's really hard sometimes. Um, That would just be, I mean, there's, there's, tough parts and there's great parts to being a coach's wife but in this time of season right now that our kids are little being the primary parent is my hardest mm-hmm. issue it's a constant how do you deal with that how do you work through that I definitely am very open to accepting help <laughs> I think it takes a village and not necessarily your family because you don't really live near your family I think that it takes a village of coaches wives neighbors classmates, um, you know, if they play a sport, those other parents, I, I'm not afraid to ask for help. Mm. Um, I also love to be around people. So I just know that being around people and making those close relationships, we will, you know, help each other out when we need it. And I think that being a primary parent as, as coaches wise, if we can just gather together and make those connections, especially when your kids are around the same age, or maybe not even necessarily the same age, maybe you're close with a wife who her kids are grown and she wants to help. I think that that has helped me be a little bit more, you know, stable and just positive. Cause I, sometimes I just get a little stressed out and I need to remember there's a village and I just need to ask for help. And then I need to accept it. Well, you've made me tear up because I'm reflecting over the past year and how um, you've been there for me. As most of my listeners know, Landry is my special needs child. And there's been, I think, a couple of times when Tanya was here that Landry was in the hospital that I didn't go public with. And you just came in and you realized something was either wrong in the tone of voice or the text. You just had an awareness of those around you and you literally took over and when I needed it and picked up the other kids from school or coordinated or I mean I believe my other two kids like almost live with you for an entire week while Andrew was in the hospital (laughs) unbelievable I mean unbelievable it just never can thank you enough but just the awareness of what you have to just to serve the coaches wives around you and to realize when they're struggling for me personally I've always kind of been like a people person but when I had our son um I went through really bad postpartum depression um and at the time where we were working at there was only the head coach's wife who lived there um it was like a very rural area in Mississippi and so none of the other wives or girlfriends or fiancés had even moved there And so I had this new baby. I was living near no family. Um, There was not really any other coaches wives there other than the head coach's wife. And she was working and that was her, you know, first move as a head coach's wife. And so it was a lot, it was a lot. I was, I felt very isolated. Um, You know, I, it was hard on our marriage, you know, because Tony didn't know how to deal with postpartum. And we were living um, an hour away from the school. And so he was literally leaving at like five in the morning. And then he was getting home at like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Mm. And we had our son two weeks before camp started, like, uh, you know, back-to-back practices. And so 
it was hard. And I had this one coach's girlfriend who she, I met her a little bit after and she would just call me, you know, randomly and just say, how's everything going? Can I come over? And I would let her in and she would hold Rocky and I could go take a shower and I could just sit there and have coffee or I could just talk to someone and that made the world of difference. And I don't really even know if she was making that big of a difference for me, but for me, she was saving me and she was helping me get out of my depression. It was just so isolating. And so I think that that changed me to make sure to check in with everyone and to serve them in any way that I can, whether it's picking somebody up from school or going to sit with them or, you know, I am not afraid to be a planner and be kind of aggressive if I feel that you need help or that you are missing something. I don't mind asking those tough questions because I was in that position at one point and it was hard. Mm. You have an amazing outlook and just relentlessly serve the families around you. It's special. And I think a lot of coaches' wives could learn by your example. You've done a tremendous job. I've been around you for a year. What a lucky staff Southern Miss has having you on there for sure. No, I know that you so much. Yes. Give to the wives around you. You're very encouraging, very uplifting. You're always checking on people. What are some things you say to coach Peck on his tough days? we have to remind each other that this is what he's supposed to be doing. And I 100% believe that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And no matter what, it might not be what we envisioned it to be, but it is part of our journey. And at the end, it's going to work out. And we've never gone without shelter or food and God is going to place us where he needs us. Traditions after a win. What do you guys do? So uh, after a win, we normally, well, for pretty much any game, we'll go down on the field. Izzy has not really been to any games because she was really little. And so Rocky pretty much has been to every game. And so we would go down on the field. And if, if it's a win, Rocky normally goes to the locker room with Tony. Um, and then we'll ride home as a family. And then we come home and normally it's the night games. And so Izzy will be sleeping. But Rocky, we let him stay up with us. and we'll order pizza and talk about the game or maybe watch a game that Tony had recorded during the day. Um, Pre-kids, so before we had Rocky, uh, we would actually go on Sundays to Waffle House. (laughs) That was like the crazy thing to do is we would on Sundays go to Waffle House and eat breakfast. And then after that, Tony would go and to work and start, you know, breaking down film and game planning for the next week. But once we had Rocky and then we had Izzy, you know, Sunday mornings, we'll go to church or we'll just have family time and I'll cook a big breakfast and then he'll go into the office. Do you have a coach's wife mentor? I definitely have taken things from different coaches wives, whether they were a head coach or assistant coach. Um, I've taken different things of what I would like to do when I'm a head coach's wife or something that I would do differently. I've been the longest with Michelle Hobson and Jay Hobson. We were with them for four years at Alcorn, two years prior at Southern Miss, and now back with them. And I appreciate her when she said very early on when we first got together is bloom where God plants you. 
And I have taken that to heart. And I just appreciate her and Jay that they've been very consistent on and off the field. And there's like no dramatics with them. It's like great consistency, positive, set the tone vibe. Mm. And we've been a part of staff that have not been like that. And so now coming back to it, it's just awesome. Because I think that Tony and I appreciate it more being gone for two years. Um, We most recently, you know, were at KU with the Miles family. And I just seeing Kathy, how much she and Les are all about their kids and how their kids are pretty much integrated in the football office and the football life. I appreciated that from her. I mean, you could really tell that the family was all connected. Mm -hmm. So I just think in 12 years, I've seen awesome things. And then I've seen things that I think I would do differently as a, you know, as a head coach's wife, maybe, or, you know, another time maybe differently. But I think I've taken a little bit from everywhere that we've been at. You mentioned earlier you enjoy cooking for the players. Are those the ways that you try to help them fill a part of your family, having them over for dinner? We do. So we have the players over for dinner quite a bit Um, on holidays, depending on you know, for Thanksgiving, if we're playing at home or, you know, away, I'll, I'll have the players here if they don't have any family in, or even if they do, they're more than welcome to bring them. So we normally cater Thanksgiving here too. Um, we, so for specifically for defense, after a win, I will send treats with Tony on Sunday for the players. And so the, or on Monday, I should say, cause Sunday is like pretty much for coaches. So Monday he'll give them treats from me for the whole defense. Um, and so I also visit the office, like with our kids. So we'll see the players there and the kids can like interact with the players and vice versa. So we definitely, I'm a part of it and they're a part of us as well. They're actually coming over in like a week, right before spring ball kicks off. So what are some ways that the two of you try to stay connected during the season? I know y'all are very close. I can tell. So I, you mentioned it earlier, but I take him coffee all the time (laughs) and it might be like, it might be like a drive-by where he meets me outside and I bring him a coffee and he runs down and I'm like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Crazy day. Awesome. Love you. Bye. (laughs) So it can be like really quick. So I bring him coffee like a few times a week, I would say. Um, We also do kind of in the off season, um, we'll do kind of date nights, maybe in the summer um, or the spring, we might do an occasional date night. Um, We do try to take an adult trip only once a year. So that might be spring break that it's only for us, or that might be a weekend in the summer. Uh, So we try to do one trip a year where it's only us. And I do try to go to two away games a season. So one of them is typically the wife's trip, but then I try to go on a second one. So it's just me and him and I 100% are just there to like connect with him. And as soon as he's done with his meetings, like I'm there, you know, so that's kind of what we've tried to do the past few years. And so far it's, it's working. And other things is like, we'll text each other during the day or I'll send like a funny gift we're pretty good at texting just funny gifts to each other. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you have, when you move into a community, you're really good about finding sitters and developing your support system. That does involve trust to go, I'm going to invest in my marriage. And that does mean I'm going to have to trust a sitter. So I laugh with coaches, wives all the time and say, I know that I will always find a doctor. I'll always find a dentist. I'll always know what school they're going to. My number one 
like thing to do when I move is I need to find a sitter immediately because they just become a part of your family. And I, most of our sitters have always come from my preschool that my kids go to, but like that 100% is when I look at preschools, I look around at the teachers, I see how they're interacting with them. And I know that a sitter is, becomes our family, whether it's for recruiting meals or away trips uh, or anything, they really become our family. And thank God everywhere that we've been, we have had amazing sitters. Do you get any downtime? You're always working. What do you enjoy doing? <laughs> um, I actually, I love going to Orange Theory. I know it's crazy. I don't really like going to the gym, but I at least know that if I go to Orange Theory, I can have a really big piece of cake or a chocolate chip cookie at night. <laughs> so that <laughs> is my motivation. Um, I like to uh, go do my nails or hair or just kind of go shopping. And then I love Bravo. Bravo is just, <laughs> it really just helps. It makes me happy. It does. Like watching TV and the kids go to sleep and eating that cookie and watching Bravo is like amazing. <laughs> I think you have a lot of people out there that do the exact same thing. Okay. Oh, yes. yes. I hear the Bravo thing a lot. I feel like I don't, I must be missing out. I just have never watched it. I feel I, I should start, it's, I guess. I don't know. It must be some. It's just great. TV. It's like, it's great TV that makes you disconnect and you don't have to think and you just laugh or you're like, how could they do that? And you just get so invested <laughs> that it really is just so fun. It's so, I, I know it's just bad. And you know, it's funny because Tony does not watch any of it with me and he actually is quite judgy, right? So he'll be like, Oh, what are you watching? Bravo. And so then I'm like, okay, you can't watch this with me. You've got to walk away. And so like, he'll walk away and he'll hear something and I'll comment like, Oh my gosh. And and like from the other room, he's like, what happened? what they do? And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. You are not allowed to ask questions. You were just in here judging me. Like go away, either commit to watching it with me or like don't watch it at all. <laughs> so it's, um, it, it's addicting in some form. That's awesome. Okay. Most rewarding aspect to you about being a coach's wife? I think just seeing the country. I mean, it's kind of crazy that I grew up my whole life in Miami and I went to a super small school was sheltered and now I like travel the country and live in different places and experience different cultures and my kids do too it's awesome like they literally don't know anything but to like move all the time you know and they've been able to adapt and be personable and have to make new friends and figure it out um, I think that making new friends everywhere is awesome. It's like so cool to like just see your immediate circle of like when you find these good people and you work with them, you like hug them tight and they become like in your inner circle and then you just cheer for them and you're like, oh my gosh, they ended up in here and there. And, and you know, it's just, it's really cool just to just make new friends and kind of see where, where their journey is taking them, you know, and I, the, Specifically, the cool thing for me when we've moved is most of my jobs that I have gotten have been because I speak Spanish. Spanish is actually my first language. And so for me, I think it's been so cool that I get to share my culture mm. and my language everywhere we've moved. And, you know, it's awesome because I feel a sense of, you know, connection to the Cuban culture wherever we're living, whether it's Mississippi or Alabama or Kansas. I mean, it was, it's been really neat for, for me personally in that. Very, very special. All time favorite coach's wife memory. Okay. Well, it's, I wasn't a wife yet, 
but I think somebody will appreciate this story. So Tony and I were at Florida State, and this was the first big event that he was going to bring me to, and it was at Coach Bobby Bowden's house. So I was nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I was nervous, and I was like, what do I wear? What is it like? And I didn't know anybody. Like, I didn't know another girlfriend. I wasn't close to any of the wives because Tony was a quality control. Like, no one's talking to me at that point, you know? So I'm like, I didn't know who to talk to. So I ask him, and he's like, it's super casual, babe. It's super casual. And I'm like, but what does that mean? Like, super casual, like, sandals and just, like, it's in the summer? Or is it, like, should I wear like wedges? Like he's like, no, super casual. I'm wearing sneakers. Like it's going to be super casual. I'm like, okay. I'm okay. I'm not going to show up in heels and everyone's going to be in sandals. Fine. So I show up and oh yes. Oh yes. I show up and it was like a staff kind of meet and greet before kickoff to season. And everyone is dressed up formal I mean not formal like black tie but like dress pants dresses heels I mean and I am mortified because not only am I you know just girlfriend at the time I'm like in sandals and jeans it was mortifying so the whole time I'm just looking at Tony like I'm gonna kill you I am (laughs) going to kill you do you know what the word casual means like I don't understand and I just remember sweating and I was just so nervous and that has never happened again. Never. Anytime we go to an event, I talk to multiple people like, what are you wearing? And what should I be prepared for? And I, you know, that was a very hard lesson. I think for Tony and I, because, you know, he got a butt chewing, to say the least. But I will never forget that because I'm like, I'm mortified. This is the first time that we're going to somewhere together. And I'm in sandals. And this is casual. And every other woman here is in heels. I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> hey, but it didn't hurt the career overall. So you survived it. <sighs> no. It didn't. It didn't. So we've come a long way since then. But it was just kind of crazy that that worked out that way. That's hysterical. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, rapid fire questions for you. Ready? Okay. Coach Peck surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? So um, he has surprised me with concert tickets before. Um, he has, he surprised me with amazing concert tickets that he said were for me and they were really for him. So he surprised me with Michael Buble tickets years ago. And at that point I didn't really know who Michael Buble was. I I didn't listen to him. And I was like, what are you talking about this for me? I don't even know who this is. I mean, this is like a long time ago, but I think if it was for him, it would be Michael Buble because he did that. If it was specifically for me, it would be somebody like Pitbull. It's just, he's like a Spanish singer. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I love Spanish music. So I think it would be pitbull for me. <laughs> if you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would that be? We really enjoyed watching Anthony Bourdain, you know, and I just would love, I would have loved, or we would have loved to like have dinner with him and just kind of talk about all his experiences of traveling and, you know, experiencing different cultures and meeting different people. I think it would have been really fun and interesting to have dinner with Anthony Bourdain. You get a not alone. What show would you binge watch? Now you know that. 
Bravo. Anything. Bravo. Anything Bravo. <laughs> Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's old season, new season. You just put it on and I am a happy girl. <laughs> do you have any pets? We do. We have a dog named Zidi. She's named after like baked Zidi. Kind of weird, but we love her. We rescued her. And so we named her Zidi. <laughs> Side note, I already know the answer to that. And Zidi is very good with special needs children, i.e. Landry. She's awesome. Yes. <laughs> what sport can you beat Coach Pecoraro in? So in this household, I can beat anybody in the sport of scary. And that is considered a sport in this house. Actually, an hour ago before the kids went to bed, that's all we were doing is scare each other. And it's really funny because we all get into it. I literally, Tony, me, and the kids, like we will hide and just love to scare each other to death. And I can beat him. I mean, he thinks he's like the top scare in the house and I, I get him every single time. And it's awesome when the kids are asleep because then they don't wrap me out. So like if he gets home late at night, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him good. And I'll get like in a dark corner and just scare him. And it's awesome. It just brings happiness to my life. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but we, we do. We love to scare each other. Like that's right before bed tonight, like him and Izzy were scaring the crap out of each other. And it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. I need to keep my head on a swivel. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. We just love it. I don't know why, but it's just really, and he kind of like stories that his sister, he has three younger sisters. And so they've said stories about that. He would like scare them and like they, he was like awful at it. And so I think he met his match because I'm like, Oh, he's not going to beat me at something else. That's not happening. And so I just love to get him back. So he will admit it that I'm better than him. If your family had a theme song, what would it be? So we, this week, actually specifically, we introduced Rocky and Izzy to Eye of the Tiger because we were trying to explain to him that there's like a movie named Rocky. And so the kids love Eye of the Tiger this week. Um, And the other, you know, song that we always jam out to is actually, it's called God is Good. And it's by Chester D.T. Baldwin. And it's like a soul version of God is Good. And so the kids like literally jam out to it. And it's really funny. Like, we love it. It's like a very like good soul hype song. And so like, you just automatically feel like in a good move and positivity, positivity. So it's good. Love it. If you had a superpower, what would that be? I think it would be to time travel to see family. It's just very, you know, I just, I'm a big family person. Whenever we have time off, I go to Florida quite a bit. I'll bring the kids with me, um, especially if Tony's tied up. And so I think if I could travel there quicker and even be there for like, just like a day or two, you know, um, I think I would do time travel just to make sure that I could just be there for everything. (laughs) That would be amazing. You have been so much fun, Tanya. I knew you. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my gosh. I love you, friend. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.